And eight early on, he basically gets a chunk of his hand bitten off by one of the lichens. So like he's walking around with this bandaged, like partial hand for most of the game. <laughs> You're not losing fingers, though. Uh, I think two of them were just stubs after that incident. <laughs> Episode 430. It's a podcast. I'm Mike, and... I'm Josh. Welcome back, Josh! Thanks for having me again. I was listening to this before we got online, just kind of in the background. It's not That's a fun song. The, is, the clip that I have isn't that long. It's like less than two minutes. Is that correct? Is that the actual, is that the whole thing or did... That that sounds about right, Hajian. The game, if the fight lasts longer than that, that that song's tied to, like it loops, but they, they it's kind of set up so that it loops pretty seamlessly, as I recall. Well, it starts out with a with a punch, so yeah, and it's that repeating duh, 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 bit. So yeah, I can see that. So here we are, another episode of Nerd Burger. What are you drinking in your mug there? Uh, coffee with some. Uh, I think it was coffee mate. They make a Snickers flavored <laughs> coffee creamer. <laughs> they make all kinds of interesting flavors of coffee creamer. Yeah. Oh, they're um, the other brand, International Delight, for like the anniversary of the cereal had Fruity Pebbles Creamer and <gasps> Cocoa Pebbles Creamer. Wait, when was this and is it over? <laughs> it's probably been about half a year and I haven't seen it in a while. Oh, no. I love Fruity Pebbles. That's my favorite junk food cereal. It's pretty good. Uh, we'll occasionally not the actual Fruity Pebbles, but one of the, I think it's the Malto Meal version. We'll occasionally have that in the house. Malto Meal makes a Fruity Pebbles knockoff? Yeah, it's like Dynamite or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> not Fruity Blasts. Oh, maybe it's not uh, the Malta Meal one, then. Uh, it, oh, it's no. one of the, like, yeah, budget brand Fruity Pebbles, though. No, it is Dino Bites. Fruity Dino Bites. Because I just typed in Malto Meal Fruity, and Fruity Blasts was the first thing that came up. Yeah, Fruity Dino Bites is the, the one we've had around the house. Okay, Fruity Blasts looks like some weird amalgamation of Fruity Pebbles, and the marshmallow bits of Lucky Charms. <laughs> is that even a cereal? What kind of package is that? It says it's cereal, but it looks like this teeny tiny little landscape format package. Which I just realized uh, I had forgotten Malto Meal is owned by Post, who is the one who owns Fruity Pebbles now. So for all I know, it may be the same thing in different packaging. I was just going to ask you, how close is it? The Dino it, Bites. 
I mean, it's been a long time since I've had original Fruity Pebbles. Like, it, it's it's good, I can say that much. But but I would have to go get a box of the, the brand version. But yeah, I'd forgotten Post stones them both now. So. <laughs> so, barring a direct taste test comparison, Dino Bites, as far as you're concerned, are exactly the same. Or indistinguishable. Based on memory. I, I, I mean, yeah, based on very distant memory, like, like I wouldn't know any different if it were in different packaging. But they really do have these, these tiny packages of cereal like this. And these aren't like the little mini boxes that you used to take with you to school so you could have, you know, they were like shrunken down cereal box format that fit in your lunchbox and then you could take yeah, the yeah, you know yeah. the the tiny little individual carton of milk and make cereal to eat although i don't remember actually doing that at school yeah no no like i remember the little cereal packages but yeah never actually used them the way that might have been intended well i don't even know if that's the way that it was intended they may they may have just been individual servings so that parents could let their kids have the junk food cereal once in a while without having to commit to a giant box. I'm using my adult brain to <laughs> like logically figure out like why you would have that. <laughs> and I went straight to, well, of course it goes with the tiny little carton of milk, <laughs> right? <laughs> who, who can say at this point? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this has been cereal talk. With, with josh there's a podcast i listen to that's nothing but serial talk oh sure there is there should there's probably several probably several but yeah like goes over all the like they review like every new weird flavor that comes out and it's very fascinating like i've tried so many cereals i would not have otherwise tried because of that podcast <laughs> really what are your favorites like the- yeah, like there, there's the donuts cereal that was like the the little powdered donuts, like it just like yeah. a weird textured piece with like a powder sugar like substance like coating the whole thing, and it was actually very good. Was but it? It was limited time. I remember seeing those. I don't think I tried them. <laughs> they are from Hostess, and they had one that was honey buns. Like, I don't think I ever got a chance to try that. Tiny one. little round cinnamon bun looking things, but cereal sized. Oh my god, there's Twinkie cereal? I think that's a recent one. I I, yeah, I don't know is... that I'm brave enough to try that one. Two dollars for a nineteen ounce box. That's actually a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. That that that's decent. All right. Um Future Mike. Who is editing this? Go buy Twinkie cereal at your local Walmart. And we will discuss next time on Nerdburger. Cereal edition. Not to be confused with Nerdburger English Muffin Edition. <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like purposely not gonna bring up <laughs> this time, because I think we did that like the last two times you we were on. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it came up, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I'm just always in a breakfast food kind of mood when I come on this show. Well, it is still the morning. I'm surprised more people don't talk about breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the fact that breakfast comes up makes makes you normal. 
and everyone else abnormal yeah. who doesn't bring it up. <laughs> also, another thing I will say while we're on the subject of cereal, the um, the Cheerios oat crunch. That that is the perfect form of Cheerios right there. Cheerios oat crunch. Yeah, there's a cinnamon and then just a normal, you know, like the honey nut oat crunch or whatever, but it, it's just like normal Cheerios and they have these oat clusters in it. Oh, it okay. Makes it so much better. Wait, so it's honey nut Cheerios with clusters? Ca- yeah, basically. basically. Okay. I always, I always preferred the honey nut Cheerios to regular Cheerios. Regular Cheerios, you have to do something to. You have to dump sugar on them or something, whatever it is. Or, or you're eating them for health reasons and not dumping sugar in them. But either way, you're not doing it willingly. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I have to dump sugar. On yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> well, and, I, and I'm agreeing that you have to dump sugar in them to make them something ex- interesting. But like, I, I've known people who eat it for other reasons who can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're if you're just shoveling it into your face as quickly as possible because it has vitamins and minerals in it. And it's quick to eat and prepare. Yeah, I get that. For healthy, quote-unquote, cereal, I like the, and I don't know how healthy it is, because um, it has, like, you know, sweet-tasting clusters in it. <laughs> but it's uh, There's some kind of sweetener in it, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, what is it? It's, um, it's like Special K, Smart Start. Oh, yeah, I've had that one before. But it's, it's expensive, though. Yeah, I, I've been, like, in general, I've been trying to go a little lighter on, like, carbs and sugars, which make even the healthiest yeah. of cereals not <laughs> great. And so, like, I'll occasionally try one of the keto-friendly cereals, but, like, they all have this weird, almost, like, styrofoamy texture. Like, they taste fine, but the texture just ends up putting me off. <laughs> As it has, it'll be like a puffed cereal, but like in my mouth, like it feels like styrofoam puffs almost. Yeah. All right. Should we talk news? Sure. What's news, Josh? Do you have news? <laughs> um, only really... Th- only thing I really have off the top of my head is uh, Netflix is making like a Resident Evil live action series. Oh, and they just like yesterday announced that Lance Reddick uh, is going to be Albert Wesker, who's kind of like, an, even though he's only in like two or three games, he's kind of like the iconic villain of the franchise. Love Lance Reddick. Philip Broyles from Fringe. And yeah, lots that, of other that, things. Yeah, that's <laughs> mostly what I remember him for. I know a lot of people remember him more from the uh, the Wire, but but yeah, I know him from Fringe as well. Was he in the Wire? I thought he was, or maybe I'm getting it. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Cedric Daniels in the Wire. He was also in Oz, which I never saw. He was in Lost briefly. He was one of those. Uh, oh, that's right. He's the um the desk, the concierge guy in the John Wick movies. I and he's in the John that. Wick movies. Is he in? He's not in the first John Wick movie, though. Yeah, he is. Oh, he he's, is. He's the guy at the desk for uh, like all of them. I thought. Oh, do they go back to that know. that same hotel in the future? Well, I've only seen the first one, but I own all three. I don't know why we stopped watching them. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, he's the <laughs> concierge at the the Continental, starting in the first one, and uh, yeah, I think they that hotel that particular location comes back up again in the subsequent movies. Cool. Very much looking forward to the fourth one of those. Or they're doing another one. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be coming out this year, I think, but like so many things like got kicked down the road because of right. production delays due to COVID and all that. Well the same thing happened with the fourth Matrix, which is also Keanu Reeves. So Which it's it's hard uh, it's hard to keep all of the Keanu Reeves fourth installments of uh tr- trilogy plus well, I was about movie to say, franchises the kick, straight. The, the <laughs> kicker is that new Matrix movie and the fourth John Wick movie were originally to come out on were originally scheduled to come out on the same date. Huh. Different studios, I'm assuming. I believe so, yeah. But yeah, they were originally, I don't know who engineered that, <laughs> but it was scheduled to come out on the exact same date. Well, I would I would assume that Keanu Reeves was the one who engineered that because he would be the only one to benefit from sure. both of those movies coming out on the same day. <laughs> it's like, uh, what do I care? Either way, I get paid. <laughs> Does that mean there's going to be a fourth Bill and Ted? I thought they wrapped things up with that last one. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else has he been in that there was about saying three like of. I'm. Sh- I'm sure if they can come up with a concept for, though, though I got the feeling the third one only happened because like a concept came up that they were really excited about. Well, and they, and they had been trying to do it for years and years yeah. and for whatever reason, couldn't make it happen. And then finally did seeing anything about a fourth Bill and Ted. <laughs> uh, apparently the possibility has been discussed either a fourth Bill and Ted or a, uh, Billy and Thea kind of continuation. The, uh, the was, daughters. Yeah. I was going to say that's kind of the, that makes more sense than making it about the two of them. Yeah. Just have them show back up as like secondary characters in their daughter's story. Yep. Well, speaking of Netflix, Production is currently underway on a six-episode installment of a series starring Mike Myers, who will be playing seven different characters alongside Ken Jeong and Keegan-Michael Key and a bunch of other people. It's called The Pentaveret. Interesting. Do you know what this is referencing? Have you seen So I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, I think I get it now. Well, here, in case you uh, you need a refresher. Well, it's a well-known fact, Sonny Jim, that there's a secret society of the five wealthiest people in the world, known as the Pentaveret, mm. who run everything in the world, including the newspapers, and meet tri-annually at a secret country mansion in Colorado known as the Meadows. So who's in this Pentaveret? The Queen. The Vatican, the Gettys, the Rothschilds, and Colonel Sanders before he went tetsa. I hated the Colonel with his wee beady eyes and that smug look on his face. Oh, you're going to buy my chicken. Dad, how can you hate the Colonel? Because he puts an addictive chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly, smart arse. (laughs) And of course, there's... 
And of course, how can you hate the Colonel when there's a sexy uh, anime version of the Colonel and like a free dating sim uh, KFC funded? What? <laughs> this is a thing that exists in the world. Sexy Colonel. And then I think they're doing a live action riff on that with Mario Lopez as the Colonel. <laughs> or maybe they already did. I can't remember. There's a lot of images of uh of a young al- although still white-haired and bearded <laughs> Colonel Sanders with his Yeah, shirt, the the, ga- his the shirt game's off. called Yeah, the game's <laughs> called I Love You Colonel Sanders. Yeah, Mario Lopez. This is from last December. Yeah, which that happened because of the the dating sim game, I think. Is Advertising's it... gotten so weird. Was it a Lifetime movie? Is that what I'm seeing? That, I believe that is correct, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how I missed it. Yeah, a recipe for seduction. <laughs> <laughs> 15 minutes long. I mean, they knew, how, they, they knew how long that joke could be carried on in that format. <laughs> this is like that romance novel wings of desire tender wings of desire which was that was real oh my god released for mother's day hello yeah at this point (laughs) advertisers do so many weird things i have a hard time telling what's real and what's not anymore wow that was four years ago well they uh they definitely have a lot of interesting ideas in their advertising department that's for sure (laughs) see what else is news streaming oh uh josh your uh your show loop in is back for a second season i i saw when that dropped i need to get on watching it and i think that's like yesterday yep. it dropped yesterday <laughs> and uh, also netflix related another thing i saw that news announcement wise that got dropped for netflix yesterday um so there was the castlevania series based on the video games and they just uh dropped the final season of that but they already announced a spinoff uh that'll be centered around one of the descendants of the main character uh, of the castlevania uh animated series and that's also on netflix That'll be Netflix as well, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the Castlevania was Netflix, and the spinoff is as well. I mean, it is kind of a continuation, but a continuation that's set like 300 years after the events of the first series. <laughs> Wait, 300 years after the end of the, the, the last one? Yeah. Okay. So not not any of the same characters? Yeah, this is basically, so the the Castlevania video game follows this, like, family of vampire hunters called the Belmonts, and so the, uh, the, the animated series we already got centered on Trevor, and then this other series will be one of his descendants from the games much later in the timeline called Richter. So descendants of the, of the human characters that are hunting the vampires, but potentially maybe one or two of the same vampires. Yeah, so some of those, uh, like, I know in the games you have certain, like, monster characters that kind of show up off and on throughout. Well, speaking of monsters, we have uh, news from the Animal Kingdom. 
both big and small. Let's do small first. Uh, have you heard the cicadas yet, Josh? We don't have them down in the metro. They're they're up in the mountains. But I don't know where. Yeah, you, where that, I haven't haven't really heard them uh, down south of town either. People around uh, Washington D.C. have been hearing them <laughs> and seeing them show up on weather radar. Have you heard the stories about how like flocks of I think they're starlings or something like birds that wake up all together in the morning and take off from the tops of trees? They'll show up yeah, as like yeah. a a ball of high humidity, basically, is what it looks like on the weather radar. That's happening now, but with cicadas. <laughs> Big Lovely. giant plumes of these things. Like, no, no, that's not uh that's not moisture in the air. Uh that's bugs. <laughs> Although they do the software that they, they use now is sensitive enough to uh determine whether or not it's it's water in the air or or something biological like birds or bugs. <laughs> And then we move to Australia, where one of the largest dinosaur species to ever roam Australia, or ever roam the whole Earth, has been discovered and named Australotitan Cooperensis, a sauropod from Aeromanga in southwest Queensland. That translates to the Southern Titan. Confirmed and named by paleontologist at the Queensland Museum of Aeromanga Natural History Museum and Aeromanga Natural History Museum. Largest ever to be found in Australia. Let's see, 21 feet tall at the hip. Why the hip and not the shoulder blades? I thought we measured quadrupeds to the shoulder blades, or is, or is that just dogs? <laughs> not not going to lie, I... I... I already know child me is upset at adult me for not for having missed this story because I was that much into dinosaurs as a kid. Really? Like I was that I was that kid that had the big book of dinosaurs that my nose was almost always in. What was your favorite dinosaur back when you were a kid? Or at least what was its <sighs> name back then? Because they've probably all been renamed by now or reclassified. Um, I, I kind of went back and forth, but I think uh and Ankylosaurus, the the one with the armored back and the big club tail. Okay. How do you spell that? Uh, A-N-K-Y-L-O-Saurus. Ankylos- Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaurus. I-, I figured I was probably pronouncing it wrong. Oh, I don't know. I'm guess- that's that's how I, I guessed. Uh, you, you're, you might be right. Ankylosaurus. Like Kylo Ren. Oh, yeah, with the big... Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always liked Stegosaurus. I mean, it's a good one. Which is similar, but instead of the spikes all over the back, it's got the the big plates down the spine, and I don't think it has a club tail. It has spikes on the tail, as I recall, or at least some renditions did. Do you suppose everybody used to say T-Rex was their favorite? I, I know a lot of people did, and I'm sure still do. And and then probably in the uh, in the early to mid '90s after Jurassic Park came out, I, I bet a bunch of kids said um, Velociraptor was their favorite. Yeah, I imagine so. Although my favorite from Jurassic Park is the 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 little um, colorful one with the the face that 
fins or uh, whatever that opens up and spits spits acid in uh, Newman's face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are the frills? Is that what that's called? The sides of the head. Moving on to tech news. Now, I, I've been married for 14 years, so this is not the kind of thing I've ever considered with iPhones or smartphones, pocket computers in general. But um, Apple had their Worldwide Developers Conference last week, and um, they announced their new operating systems that are going to come out this fall. iOS 15, of course, on your iPhone is going to finally let you block your exes from ruining your photo memories. Do you have an iPhone, Josh? I do. So you know that your your phone will just tell you, hey, you have a memory from your photos, and it'll show you a picture from something that happened like on that day yeah, yeah. 10 years ago or whatever. Kind of like the Facebook memories yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> for people who date, um, that it's been a problem where you know you'll see a picture of your your ex girlfriend or boyfriend pop up and then you have to go oh god dang it why is that and there's been no way to prevent that well apparently now there is let's see feature this person less (laughs) that's what it's called the new option (laughs) but the funny thing about this story is that uh in reference to people having complained about this um over and over again um, I guess uh, now they're they're wondering if a certain tweet from last October by Elijah Wood may have prompted Apple to <laughs> finally work on including this. Uh, back on October 1st, uh, Frodo said, I'm not a very petty person, but is it possible for your iPhone to not feature photos of your exes, or do I have to go through my photos and delete them manually like a caveman? <laughs> Oh, interesting. I was about to say, I wonder when Facebook will have something like that, but they already do. I'm looking at the memories like page on the website and it lets you like hide people or hide specific dates if you want to avoid stuff about those. (laughs) That's very Facebook of them to have the feature there, but no one knows that it exists and it's hard to find buried in the settings. I mean, that that's honestly like Google does a lot of that as well, where they'll like add a very useful feature and you'll never know because of where they tuck it away in the interface. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about um, Amazon's sidewalk network? Yep, already disabled it and the <laughs> items I have that support it. Speaking of things that are hidden in the settings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fortunately, I follow the kind of people on some social media who have been like talking about that since it was announced. And they're like, here's what you need to do before June 11th. Yep. Yep. It's now turned on. It's uh, basically all of your Amazon devices or anything that's that's running Amazon's version of Android right now that Yeah, I know the I know the main thing I have that had it were were the Echoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're um capable of creating a mesh network and it's turned on by default. 
<laughs> of course. <laughs> and the rationale behind that is, well, of course, well, of course, it's turned on by default because if if it was turned off by default, it wouldn't work. <laughs> right? Because the mesh network works by having lots of little nodes scattered around everywhere that are close enough in proximity that they can create the network. And if they're all turned off, the network never even starts, yeah. right? It's basically Skynet, right? I, I mean, it's just because I have like a mesh router uh, through my house. Like, yeah, but it's that's just for that you. on a much bigger scale. <laughs> yeah, it's that for everyone. <laughs> it's like with um, all Xfinity routers or whatever create a, like a guest network that meshes with all of their other guest networks that, that I think is turned on by default. And I don't even know if you can turn it off, but if you go pretty much anywhere where Xfinity is a, or Comcast, whatever is a cable provider, you can look on your phone and your Wi-Fi networks available and there will be Xfinity Wi-Fi, but it's dirt slow. <laughs> Usually <laughs> depending on where you are. I think if you're in the middle of a, of a city it probably works pretty well i i was about to say has like i'm not even in xfinity territory so i, I haven't run like i've seen it pop up occasionally mm -hmm. in my list of wi-fi networks on my phone when traveling yeah. but like i not nothing that's near me generally and then i had this is this is another there i don't even have an article that goes along with this this is just a uh it's a screenshot of an email that someone received. This person is, uh, I don't know if they have a website or a YouTube channel, probably both, where they review tech stuff. They review hardware. And so companies will send them, you know, a review unit to do their review on. In this case, it is an LG monitor for your computer that's... Uh, Specialized, I think, towards gaming for you, for you PC gamers out there. It's called the... I, I, I looked this part number, the model number up, but I couldn't even find it for sale. So I don't know if they pulled it <laughs> or if it's just not out yet, but it's the 32EP850. I don't know what EP stands for. I don't know what 850 stands for. I'm assuming 32 is the size of the screen. Now, this is an email that LG sent to the reviewer, whose name is Tim. It says, Dear Tim, sorry for making you wait. Things been decided about two to three days ago. So there has been updates on 32EP850 specifically. There is an internal direction that all the 32EP850 has to be reviewed after the following guideline. And then there's a chart. And it says, Comparison. Please avoid comparing 32GP850 with any of our past LG models. Instead, we'd prefer comparison with any other brand's IPS models that's out in the market. UFO test. I had to look this up. UFO test, and I don't know what UFO stands for in this uh, sense, is just a, it's a web-based or browser-based graphics test that just has a bunch of stuff flying around on the screen. And it's so you can look at things like uh, refresh rate and pixelation and all those things that matter to gamers who have lots of things moving around very quickly on their monitor. It says, as for the UFO test, you need to get it on one. 180 hertz and set 960 pixel per sec with middle grays pattern. 
<laughs> awfully specific. And then CR testing. If you'd like to test CR, please test this in OSD to picture adjust to gamma to mode 4 setting. <laughs> Even more specific. If your review to 32EP850 contains nothing that would be against the guideline, please let me know. Otherwise, few edits would necessary. <laughs> also, for this review, we decided for all the reviewers to provide us its drafts. We could definitely discuss the additional compensation for sharing drafts. And this is from somebody in the marketing department at LG. <laughs> So in case you couldn't tell from the broken English, um, they only want you to review it under a certain set of uh, circumstances. <laughs> they want you to submit your the draft of re your review to them so that they can suggest edits. <laughs> and they are going to pay you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Not good, LG. Not a good look. I was about to say, like, I'm not surprised because, like, this is stuff that comes up in video game reviewing a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe not this directly, but, like, review events where they pay for a bunch of reviewers to travel to a location, like, where stuff's catered and all to, like, try uh -huh. the game out. Like, like, other, like, something a little more subtle than this, <laughs> but still just as dirty. Yeah. <laughs> And and I don't know if you've if you've heard me talk about Korean display and display panel manufacturers and the other things they might make on on the show. But I'm no fan of Samsung. I hate Samsung. I despise Samsung. And so this really hurts me <laughs> to have to talk about this. But it's just so blatant and awful. LG, come on. I'm still gonna well, I'm still gonna buy an LG TV when it comes time to replace the one I have, but still, yeah, it is, it is kind of a shame because like I like most of the my kitchen appliances are LG. Like yeah. I love their stuff. You know, this is this is the kind of thing that if if you had taken all the identifying information out of it, right, and said this Korean manufacturer of display panels and monitors and TVs and home appliances did this, who would you assume it was? I would have assumed it was Samsung because they play dirty anyway. You know, they they steal IP left and right all the time. The thing is, unless something's changed, I know at least as far as the LCD panels go, I think it's the same manufacturer for both LG and Samsung, just different branding. I thought they made their own. Like they actually um, manufactured. Uh, I know they do with some stuff. I don't think with LCD panels. I think you have like very specific companies that produce the panels that go into LCD TVs. And I think Samsung and LG both use the same manufacturer for that. Hmm. Or I guess LED panels now. I keep saying LCD. <laughs> yeah, it's one letter off. Who cares? We know what you meant. There are still LCDs out there, right? Or is it all LED now? I mean, I, I maybe like I know the has I know the next big step is going from LED to the OLED uh, stuff. And now there's mini LED, and then after that, micro LED, which I think micro LED is going to be the thing everybody wants. Mini LED seems to have issues with blooming; they can't turn, you know, the the backlight off 
right up to the edge of the thing that's you know on a black background so you see a like a halo and OLED doesn't have that problem but the O in OLED is the problem the organic it doesn't last as long it burns in it's yeah. got it's got its own issues I'm so far behind cuz like I only like <laughs> only like 2 years ago finally got a 4K capable TV so like I'm way behind on what's happening in TV tech I tr- I try to keep up you know 4K 4K OLED with HDR that's the shit right like those are the those are the expensive TVs now but even then it's still like Two, two to five thousand dollars or two to forty five hundred like you pretty much aren't going to spend more than that but if you want to spend a reasonable amount of money like under a thousand dollars or under five hundred dollars you're getting regular led you can yeah i think you can get you can get 4k regular led for about 500 bucks or four or five hundred. Oh, absolutely has that that's probably about what i paid for my my 4k tv though i didn't really i didn't have anything that could put out 4k content until i got my xbox series x yeah. several months ago i'm i've got a almost five-year-old apple tv it's just the regular apple tv and they just came out with an upgrade to the 4k apple tv which has already been out for three years or two years, something like that. And um, there's all kinds of stuff that it does now that I'm like, if I had, if I had a a, a recent TV or a new TV, like I could, I could experience all of this great new stuff, and all my stuff would work together better. And the you know that's that's the thing that's holding me back. Like that's the the linchpin in my system that's preventing me from enjoying all of the new hotness is my (laughs) 11 year old LCD TV, (laughs) which is still going fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, um, honestly, the thing still kind of holding me back at this point is my, my stereo receiver. That's basically kind of my hub has like, you know, a lot of my inputs run into there with the output to the TV yep. and like, n- like none of them support uh 4k pass through like any, the 4k devices I have, I have to plug directly into the TV to get the benefit yeah. of the 4k. That's, that's the kind of thing that you're running everything through a receiver and having, you know, all the component stereo parts. Cause I did that. Like I had, I had this summer job when I was in high school and I had no expenses. So I just, you know, had all this cash and ended up, I bought floor models of stuff from my local Best Buy and I put together like this kick in stereo system with a receiver and CD. I had the Sony 10 disc CD changer, CD player. I had double cassette deck. I didn't have a turntable. I had a laser disc player. Forehead hi-fi VHS, <laughs> which you can't even yeah. buy anymore. And, yeah, uh, I, I never got that fancy with it, but like I've always been like not like full blown audiophile, but like enough of one that like I wanted to invest in like a receiver with a good surround speaker setup, yep. and. I actually have like a a 7.1 surround setup 
that like most of the speakers are some hand-me-down uh probably at this point like 18 year old Bose speakers that are still going real strong mm -hmm. and then two for 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 the sides I got a couple of like standing I think they're Polk audios and so yeah just this nice 7.1 sound field that like I just refuse to give up for for something more convenient yeah mine carried me most of the way through college before one of the channels on the receiver went out like i think it was the left channel <laughs> i'm like oh that kind of just makes everything useless now i gotta listen to everything with headphones <laughs> which i will say a good set of set headphones even if they're just stereo like the pseudo surround audio a lot of headphones do now is so good yeah i'm looking forward to um trying out this dolby atmos thing with a. Uh, Apple, certain Apple devices. I think it's limited to the AirPods Pro and the AirPods Max or whatever the over-the-ear ones are called with spatial audio. I've been very impressed by the Atmos stuff with like the few devices I have that support it. Yeah, but I've been just trying to got this T the TV was already old by the time I even started thinking about this. I'm like, well, I gotta get a new TV first. Still haven't done that. And then I'm like, now I don't even need to get a receiver because I got those home pods, which are now discontinued, the big ones that actually have good sound. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in a stereo pair, either side of my TV, hooked up through my Apple TV. And it turns out that if I get if I get the new Apple TV 4K, so that's like 200 bucks and a new TV. So that's like 500 bucks. <laughs> so for 700 bucks, I just buy two things. And the right kind of HDMI cable that has whatever the the newest specification. I don't even know what that is. 1.4, 1.8, 9.7. I have no idea. <laughs> and then, yeah, so those three things. Two things and a cable. And, uh, and I can get now the um, everything. All the sound that comes through my TV can go out to those HomePods, whereas net right now it's limited to Apple TV content, which is not that bad, but you know, I have DVDs and Blu-rays and <laughs> stuff that I would like to play that I have I have to play through a Sonos soundbar. Yeah, yeah. That's it still sounds good, but it's not just not the same. It's not the same. And it also there's something I have to buy a new um optical audio cable i have the option of plugging it in with the new fancy hdmi cable if my tv supported it <laughs> to that soundbar but my tv doesn't so i can't so i have to use the toslink cable and i think the toslink cable i have which is an amazon basics <laughs> it's like eight dollars it's uh there's something wrong with it because it if you turn it up any louder than the bare minimum level of volume that Allison needs to hear stuff. <laughs> then it starts like crackling. And I thought it was the old sound bar, which admittedly was a cheap sound bar that we had was the thing that was doing it. So that's why I bought the Sonos one. And, uh, and now the Sonos one is doing it too. So it's gotta be the cable, right? Or it's my TV. I mean, the cable would definitely be the next thing I would test for sure. I have ordered the new cable, but I haven't gotten it yet. So 
we will see. Uh, yeah, in, in general, I've been happy with Amazon Basics cables, but but I'm sure they're not perfect, and I haven't messed with their optical at all. I have Amazon Basics cables. I have Amazon Basics batteries. The batteries are great, although you have to buy like more than you can ever use in, in the smallest amount. <laughs> See, I, I do most things with rechargeable batteries, and so fortunately their packs of rechargeables are a bit more reasonable in size. And, like, eventually the rechargeables go bad, so I don't mind True. having a few extras in reserve. I didn't know Amazon Basics had rechargeable batteries. I'll need, I'll need to look into that. They do, yeah. I like, And I can't remember if they make their own charger for them and at, or not. Like years ago, I had gotten like one of the higher-end uh, rechargeable battery chargers, so I already had one. But, but I imagine if they make rechargeable batteries, they have to make a charger as well. Is that like the Eneloop charger? Um, no, it's, uh, I have the one, one I have like cross something. Uh, it was a well-regarded brand at the time. I don't. I was going to see if I could find it real quick. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the brand name offhand, uh, but it it was like cross something technology. And like uh, most of what they did was like battery charging tech. Uh, lacrosse technology. Oh, yeah, I've I have I've bought stuff from them. They make all kinds of stuff. Are they actually from Lacrosse, Wisconsin? I do not know. <laughs> I just know they make a good battery charger. Crap, I should have... I didn't even consider. There are rechargeable 9-volt batteries now. How about that? I thought it was limited to, like, double and triple A. Because I just bought a, a the smallest package of Amazon Basics 9-volt batteries for my smoke detectors. <laughs> Lacrosse Technology Multinational Manufacturer address is in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. How about that? It's not just a silly sport for kids. <laughs> That's like in every high school now. <laughs> like I knew about it because I grew up in a state with a city named Lacrosse, so I knew what Lacrosse was, but nobody played it anywhere. It's like people in France played it, you know. Now it's everywhere. I guess it's inexpensive. You just have like a ball and a stick with a basket on the end of it. And you use, you know, the soccer field or the football field. You know, this is sort of tech news, sort of fast food news. <laughs> Bill Gates is the, let's see, largest private farmland owner in the United States. He owns so much farmland that the land he owns in Washington State is used to grow the potatoes that become McDonald's french fries. <laughs> so if you didn't think Bill Gates had his fingers in, in enough pies that were relevant to you, now he's responsible for McDonald's french fries. <laughs> sort of. Personally, I prefer Burger King's french fries. Thank you very much. I don't understand. I mean, I like McDonald's french fries, but they get soggy. They're small, so they lose heat faster. Same problem with Chick-fil-A. They made their french fries. They gave them the, the greatest possible surface area. So they instantly become cold. Good for saucing purposes, though. That's true. Yeah. 
Though I say that, and I'm one of those people who thinks a good fry should stand on its own with no sauce. <laughs> but if they're giving away that Chick-fil-A sauce by the handful, I mean, you know, you may as well. It's good stuff. Is that is that just two things mixed together? Or is that actually like a, a recipe thing that you can't make yourself at home? I feel like that's what they always claim, but when you break it down, most of those fancy fast food sauces are just like two or three things mixed. Right. <laughs> I did notice that you can buy it in bottles now at the grocery store. In the good bottles, the like the upside down standy bottles that, you know. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I saw the big bottles of the Polynesian sauce at my um, my local Kroger. I didn't notice if there were any others. Yeah, that's where I saw him, too, at Kroger. All right. That's all the news I have. <laughs> Josh, did you want to uh, talk about some games? Sure. I've, as I had mentioned to you, I've been playing the new Resident Evil, Resident Evil 8 slash Resident Evil Village, which I'm actually on my second run through the game. Um, that, that's how much it hooked me. Uh, plus, it's it's one of those games that's kind of like made for that. It, it's kind of actiony. It doesn't last like a super long time, and it gives you all these bonus goodies for the the subsequent runs. Uh, so 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 I just on my second run, I unlocked Infinite Ammo Shotgun, which very much changes the experience. <laughs> no more scrounging for resources. So no, it's been a good time, but the second run is both very different and a lot faster than than the first one. But uh, but yeah, in general, like and as you like, I can't remember, but you'd mentioned that like you thought I talked Resident Evil before, which is entirely possible. I half the time don't remember what I've talked about <laughs> on the show before. <laughs> and I don't play the game, so I my memory is even worse yeah. for this kind of a thing. But it I, seems I mean, like in general, have. like Resident Evil series, like I said, this was a like the entire franchise is kind of built around the idea of like shady companies researching bioweapons. And then the games are basically the events of when one of these bioweapons <laughs> goes out of control, <laughs> because, of course, that's going to happen. Yeah. And seven was kind of a soft reboot of the series. Like it is a continuation of the timeline, but like new protagonists, like completely new bioweapon that has no relation to, to the, uh, the stuff from the earlier games. See that description of seven sounds familiar to me, which is what, what makes me think you, you, yeah, you have talked about it. And like, and the protagonist of like like in the first few in most of the other games, like your characters are like military people trying to solve the problem, whereas the character you play in both seven and eight is some guy who's basically trying to save his family. So is this a uh, village considered eight? Yeah, Village okay. is eight. It's a direct continuation of seven. You're playing the the same protagonist, uh, and you find out early on, like whatever creates the monsters you're seeing in eight, like maybe related to to what created the monsters in seven. Okay. And that's um, and, and of course, like Eastern European, a lot of like classic monster theming. Um, you have the lichens, which are werewolf looking ones. You have some zombie like ones. 
you have the the big tall vampire lady that was all over all the advertising uh lady dimitrescu which actually worked out shockingly well so so they had released the early like demo and marketing material that featured uh lady dimitrescu section of the game very heavily and the internet went wild for her and what Capcom ended up doing is they focused all the marketing right up until release on her section of the game which is only about like 20 to 25% of the game so like all the rest of it was a could be a surprise to to people but yeah the the general setup is like the the people you're fighting there there's the leader and her like four lords of which the vampire lady is one of them uh you have uh one who's very doll themed who like manipulates you know dolls and puppets and that sort of thing and then fishman you know very creature <laughs> of the black lagoon and then Sal- I think salvatore that, yeah and i salvatore moreau yeah. um I, I i think it's the the re character's name but yeah, and then you have, I think they've said like electricity. He has electricity powers, and I think they've said that was kind of inspired by Frankenstein. But he he's he's kind of a, a scruffy looking magneto. Like like he can manipulate metal and all that and ha- carries a giant hammer with him. Uh Carl Heisenberg. Heisenberg. <laughs> yes, this says he can manipulate magnetic fields. Yep. And leads a group of simulacra. What is that? There, so it's interesting heisenberg so so the lichens you find out early on are kind of the failed experiments but like heisenberg's the only one who acknowledges them so they kind of like are nominally tied to him but he also has these like very like like tech these very techie zombies he makes where he's like grafted these engines and mechanical parts onto bodies to create like his own own monsters okay but all of those characters are being led by or subservient to mother miranda yeah who has like this whole six-winged like six wing kind of ange- vaguely angelic being that uh look going on and yeah like the the whole setup is uh as when the game starts chris redfield who's like a longtime protagonist of the franchise who showed up briefly in seven like shows up to where uh the the main character from seven and his wife and their newborn child have been relocated to uh shoots the wife and takes you know ethan and his daughter into custody for unknown reasons and then like something overturns the truck you're being taken away in and you wake up like your daughter's gone the people who were taking you into custody were dead and you're near this like very like rustic eastern european village and like you wander in and basically get attacked by the werewolf looking creatures now is it is it just like generically eastern european or does it does it look like transylvania with like big tall pointy mountains and low hanging clouds and 
a moon um, that's I, too large. Like very like Romania, basically. I th- I yeah. don't think it's ever explicitly said it's Romania, but like I know there's a lot of a lot of Romanian names. I've been told. But and is it like, like a, more a realistically Eastern European, or is it like kind of fantastical vampire setting? Um, I mean, the, the visuals aren't particularly, like, fantastical in that regard. Like, the most fantastical okay. element is, like, the machinery that's been built into some of this stuff, because Heisenberg in particular likes to tinker with technology. Okay. I would assume that it would be, it would be more realistic looking and not... Yeah, and it's kind of... You know, it dr- gets Dracula... Compa- video game (laughs) yeah and resident evil 8's been getting compared to resident evil 4 a lot um because so you had 7 which was very much a horror game with just a little bit of action uh where whereas like 4 in the previous games was where the series pivoted hard to action uh so so 8's kind of more of an action game with some horror elements kind of like an alien to aliens kind of transition okay and that that's why they brought back in like eight brings back in a lot of stuff from older games like there's uh what's called mercenaries mode where you play through a series of stages and it's kind of arcadey you're trying to build up high score to to unlock new things uh like i was talking about like you can unlock infinite ammo versions of various weapons for playing through the game just to make it different and um you can unlock i Having seen the requirements, I don't think I'll ever get it, but there's even, you have like one melee weapon that's basically like a knife, and if you do a certain thing in mercenaries mode, you can basically unlock like a lightsaber knife, which I don't, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to pull it off, but, yeah. but I have seen it in use via like YouTube videos and the like, and it definitely looks very interesting. <laughs> so... Ethan has to he's he's just basically you're 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 running around looking for his daughter. Yeah, basically. And so uh in traditionally the Resident Evil games have been third person, like you're actually seeing your full character model. Seven and eight are all in first person, and one thing they constantly do in seven and eight, because like they're the part of your character's body that you see all the time. Just constantly like tearing up and mutilating his hands oh, <laughs> like i i actually recently like replayed some of seven and i'd forgotten how aggressive they were with it in seven but like in eight early on he basically gets a chunk of his hand bitten off by <laughs> one of the lichens so like he's walking around with this bandaged like partial hand for most of the game <laughs> you're not losing fingers though Uh, i think two of them were just stubs after that incident (laughs) wow (laughs) that's kind of extreme and that doesn't generate back then huh not really that they'll and both games there are brief segments where like one of your hands gets chopped off and you manage to like it gets reattached somehow but so there are these short segments where you only have one working hand so you can't all you can do is run you can't really do anything (laughs) yeah you're definitely not working the shotgun with just one hand 
Not at all. <laughs> I th- there there is a segment in seven where you're using uh, a pistol one handed and like you can sure. shoot fine, but then when you're trying to change out the you know change the magazine, it's like this very <laughs> awkward like pop the old one out, like work the new one into like his his armpit uh-huh. and like try to jam it in. It, it like reloading during that sequence takes forever. No, it, it was definitely very, it, it's been very interesting uh, revisiting Seven as well, like, since Eight's a direct continuation, kind of like, seeing maybe what plot threads they intended to move forward with, and maybe, like, stuff they had to retcon a little, because they didn't entirely make sense uh, in Seven, like, continuing it. What's like, that? you know how it is, they may have thrown, they threw out a few concepts in seven that they don't really carry on, but like, like by not acknowledging them, they fundamentally change a few things. It, it was really interesting, like. What's an example that you can give? Yeah, I'm trying to think of ones I can give that aren't spoilery. Like, eight glosses over, so a big facet of seven and. Like, I will say, this is a huge spoiler for Seven, if you're ever going to play it, but Eight kind of glosses over the fact that Ethan's wife, Mia, is a bioterrorist. Like, <laughs> it, it, it just kind of, <clears throat> just kind of hand waves the fact that in Seven, she is basically, even though by the time the game picks up, she she is being victimized but she's being victimized by a thing she helped create kind of consequences (laughs) of her own actions kind of thing and eight never really addresses that (laughs) i feel like eight wants you to forget it has otherwise you're not sympathetic to the fact that his wife just like gets killed super hard in the opening of the game (laughs) wait but uh so she wasn't bioterrorizing for good not at all Uh, so so in seven she was they had basically created a sentient bioweapon that basically had the body of a 10 year old girl and she was effectively its babysitter and that that's kind of what ultimately led to all the bad stuff that happens in seven does uh does this franchise do that a lot with with little kids because there's some like creepy sounding stuff that happens with uh the six-month-old daughter in this one, in Village. Um, it was kind of funny. So, so kind of one of the most iconic creepy girl segments is actually from the first RE live-action movie, like, was never in the games at all. And that's the Red Queen AI, who's, like, an AI with, like, a holographic projection that's, like, a, a creepy little girl, basically. That was never in the games, but I think they like later canonized the Red Queen in the games just because that was like one of the really good elements of those live action movies. So so like the franchise kind of like later started to like to do things with, you know, with the, the creepy children kind of thing. But it came from something that was unique to the movie. Yeah, basically, as I like they didn't. 
Yeah, they didn't really do a lot with children before that, I feel like. And, and like, most people who are fans of the games are not fond of the movies. Like, I personally love them. Like, even though I can admit, like, they're very... They're not in the spirit of the games at all. But, but yeah, stuff like that, I'm kind of glad, like, bled back in the direction of the games. So the stuff that they do in uh, in 8 with rosemary is that is that spoiler territory i mean a little bit just because it's not something you find out till like a quarter of the way into the game okay oh we won't ruin that then yeah yeah <laughs> yeah for, for like i know for me personally it's one thing to like explicitly spoil seven has it's been out four years at sure. this point but like eight i'm a little more like i, I i'm gonna try to be cagey about things and then another thing eight brought back that was in four was you have like a merchant character you can buy from and sell to. And like, it's this thing where it's just this mysterious merchant that clearly knows more than he should. And that's never really explained. <laughs> he just kind of magically appears in places where you like wonder how he could possibly show up. Like, he he has a shop in in Heisenberg's area, like towards the end of the game, somehow. Huh. Like just just in the middle of all these monsters and whatnot, and he's just sitting there like it's no big deal. <laughs> and four was kind of the same way. You had this like creepy, like trench coated merchant man just like show up when you would be in the middle of an enemy stronghold. <laughs> Why are you here exactly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, creepy merchant man, that's kind of a game trope, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. It, it's just Resident Evil hasn't... 4 was kind of the only other time they had done that. And... Yeah, and in the case of the Duke in 8, he's, like, a bit more talkative and will, like, actually give you give Ethan information that helps him throughout the game. So, like, clearly some kind of, maybe some kind of axe to grind with the main antagonist that isn't really explained. <laughs> and every time, like, any time you ask him about why he's being so helpful, he'll just be like, well, it's all just part of our first-class customer service. <laughs> and I think you even find a note at one point that implies he's, like, he's done business with Lady Dimitrescu at a minimum, because, like, I think you find a note that's, like, Duke visit or something like that when you're wandering her castle. But apparently you're his favorite customer for some oh. reason. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's for some reason focused on you, and you're like, go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, why do you know so much? It's like just, just, just part of, like I said, first class customer service. So is 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 that part of the uh, gameplay? Is trying to figure out how to get away from that guy, get him to leave you alone? <laughs> I mean, not really. Like, like <laughs> as he's one element they added is there, there's kind of a hunting aspect to the game where you can like find animals that like you can get meat from, and if you take certain combinations of meat to the duke he cooks them into dishes that permanently increase your abilities okay 
like there's a couple that increase health a couple that like you have a block that doesn't completely negate damage but like some of the meals like decrease the amount of damage you take when blocking and it's just this this weird element that like yeah this hunting aspect to the game for some reason has like they've had it to where you could kill wild animals in previous games but usually the wild animals just drop money <laughs> why are the wild animals carrying money yeah <laughs> why does this crow have a hand grenade <laughs> that is that is a <laughs> thing that could happen in 4 wow <laughs> If you thought crows in real life were annoying, yeah. <laughs> check out these game crows that explode. <laughs> so do we do we want to talk about the uh, the giant fungus or is that a, a spoiler too? Um. Well, uh, like I said, like the the monsters in eight are kind of like have a similar origin to the ones in seven, and yeah, it's all fungus based. Okay, so that's not a spoiler. Not especially, they don't explicitly tell you to later on until later on, but like they give you all the signs, like the fact that like when you kill anything in eight, it kind of like crystallizes and crumbles the way enemies did in seven. Like they're very blatant about it. The mega mycete, is that how you say? Yep. It? All right. Well, this sounds interesting. <laughs> No, and and it's a lot of fun. Like I said, I'm almost done with my second run. Probably going to do a third at some yep. point, though. I will probably play something else before I do that. Yeah. Well, cool. And um, as far as uh, Ethan's baby daughter, we'll we'll just say that uh that she pops up in multiple places and leave it at that. <laughs> That's a fair way to put it. Okay. Well, does that about do it? I think so. Well, Josh, thank you. Thanks for having me again. Always fun. Indeed. Do you want to ask me where they can find us? Where can they find us, Mike? <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I'm glad you asked. They can find us at nerdburgershow.com and email us, nerdburgershow at protonmail.com. Join us next time on Nurburger for a extra special Father's Day episode. And if old people can't figure out new technology, join us next time on Nurburger for one of the episodes I have in the can waiting, <laughs> featuring who knows. I decided I'm no good at making up fake next time on Nerd Burgers, and so I'm actually telling people what's going to happen. Next yeah, actual Nerd informational ones. Because we have that information, so I'm like, why not use it? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, completely like, fair. Last week, I tried to tell everybody that you were going to be here, and Jim stepped all over me, so that kind of ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. You're here now. That's all that matters. But yeah, the whole thing with Rose, you don't find out. Like, you basically find out when you get the first flask from Lady Dimitrescu <laughs> and take it to the Duke. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Find out what that means. I'll be really curious to see where, because they did set up stuff for RE9, basically, and I'm really curious to see where they go with it now.
what's the timetable on that? Not four years, is it? I don't know. Part of the reason it was four years between seven and eight was because they did a lot of DLC with seven, but I haven't seen anything to indicate they're going to do those kind of DLC plans with eight. They might just try to jump into it. Um, or they may have already started into development on nine. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I was reading somewhere how I guess originally Ethan wasn't even going to be the pro tag of eight. Like apparently they, they, completely changed changed what they were going to do with it at some point well i'm i'm impressed that uh i got through all that talk about a game called village and didn't make a m night Shyamalan reference <laughs> i didn't even think of that but like <laughs> i was gonna ask you so are the do the monsters look really fake like people in a suit <laughs> and are you are it... you are you trapped in, in in this in this village and you're not allowed to go into the woods and <laughs> is uh is joaquin phoenix there yeah. see i did it anyway <laughs> it's i remember so little about that movie i actually didn't hate that movie like everyone else does For, from what i've heard like i i've heard it holds up better than a lot of the later Shyamalan stuff but like yeah i just I don't like I remember not actively disliking it the way I do with a lot of the rest. I just I don't like it doesn't stick out in my mind at all. It was the it was the one that came after that. that I can't remember what it's called, but it was people in an apartment complex and it also had Bryce Dallas Howard in it. That was the one where I was like, I'm not sure about this guy anymore. (laughs) And that's when I stopped watching was everything after that. I mean, I will say I was I was mostly happy with Split and Glass, but I love Unbreakable well, anyway. Yeah. So them continuing that storyline, and and he didn't get too too crazy with it. That's that's him going back to the the story yeah. that that it seems most people like the most. I'll never forgive him for the the last Airbender live action movie, but because <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I forgot that was him. Yeah, it was. And though I will say, I always say I hated the movie. I had a fun experience seeing it in the theaters because I was sitting right behind this mom and I think her like eight year old son and just the entire movie, the kid would keep talking about like, you know, be talking about like why such and such happening on the screen was wrong. Because no. he was, I guess, he, I, he was also a fan of the cartoon. He was an expert. <laughs> but yeah, just the entire movie, him him spouting off to his mom, who was I don't know how she did not lose it, but one way or the other. But yeah, just spouting off about why everything about this live action take were was wrong. <laughs> well, as you were talking about that, I got a uh, a notification on my iPad. That I have, I have a memory from my photos, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it is it is from prior to, it is just prior, by like a couple of months, to me meeting Allison. It does not feature an ex. It features. Uh, apparently, I was out on a boat on the lake with my sister and my brother-in-law on this day, two thousand three. <laughs> All right. Yep. Okay. I'll let you get to your lunch thing. Yep. She just got home. So good to see you. All right. Good to see you.
Bye. Bye.